Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now, our lives, yours and mine, are easily influenced, easily entangled with things, both real and imaginary. And these things <laughs> control our lives in a sense. Some of them are good things, good entanglements, and some of them are malignant and mean no one any good. Now, I'm not here to judge. I'm here dealing with my own entanglements. And if you are following this podcast, you know my method. I'm reading and writing my book before your very ears <laughs> and I'm having fun in the process <laughs> now I believe that we all need to escape that we all need to get away and do like Buddha Go sit under a yum-yum tree. Get our heads right. Get our thinking right. Yes, we all need a vacation. <laughs> and it's easy. It's easy to escape. It's easy to pause and reflect. It's easy to get some time by yourself. If you're one of those fortunate ones, perhaps you have an indoor toilet and you can just go in there and sit on the stool to yourself. Yes, we all we all need some form of escape. That's the way we maintain our sanity. But, like the walrus said, the time has come. Yes, my friends, all around the world, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 7, Chapter 7. At the end of a long line. I woke up three times before I saw daylight. The first time it was so dark in the corner. I could not see my hands before my eyes.
and I and it took time to recall my exact location. I lay in a pile of hay on the floor in the dark corner of the box car on my way to Los Angeles. Yes. I smiled and returned to sleep. The second time, the sensation of speed woke me up. It was still dark. I still could not see my hands before my eyes, but I knew I was in a boxcar. But the instant I set up, I knew the train was in motion. I hurried over to the corner where Son Bolo slept. Son Bolo! Son Bolo! The train is moving! Son Bolo lifted his head. His voice sounded sleepy. Huh? What? The train! The train is moving! Son Bolo yawned and returned his head to the hay. Ah, oh, Joe. Man, go lay back down. The train began to move hours ago. Go back to sleep. Wake me up when the train stops. The third time I woke up, the train had stopped, and daylight poured through the open doors. I stood to my feet. The floor felt as solid as a sheet of granite. I walked over to the open door and peered out cautiously. The freight train had stopped alongside another freight train. Both trains seemed to scratch from one end of infinity to the next. I leaned out the door as far as I could, but my best view was up at the sky. When I craned my neck, I spotted the span of a suspension bridge and saw traffic moving back and forth. I grew excited. This had to be Jacksonville. I hurried over to Sun Bolo, asleep on the scrawl. Sun Bolo, the train has stopped. I think we're in Jacksonville. Sun Bolo sat up. He yawned and stretched out both his arms. He rubbed his eyelids and scratched himself like he itched all over. He stood and walked over to the open door. He looked out, but I don't think he saw any more than I did. This ain't the yard, he said. But get your gear. We're going to get off and get some grub. I want something to eat. He hopped down from the boxcar, and I followed him. I was alarmed by the men moving among the rail cars. It was clear from their dress and manner they worked for the railroad and that they knew we did not. I was alarmed and asked Son Bolo, was it safe to be there with the workmen so close? You don't have to worry about them, he said. Just keep your eyes open for the bulls. I had heard him use that term, but I wasn't sure what a bull was. 
Oh, I keep forgetting you are a greenhorn, he said. Bulls are what hobos call the railroad police. Always watch out for them. If they catch you, they will throw you out the yard. Sometimes they will throw you in jail. And sometimes they will shoot you dead. Bulls are the only ones you must watch out for. I looked at a group of workers who went about their work like they weren't concerned about our presence. But how do you tell the difference between the railroad police and the regular railroad worker? How do you tell the police from anyone else? Asked Son Bolo. I didn't answer. I figured I'd learn to tell bulls the hard way. I knew Son Bolo said he wanted to find some food to eat. But somehow it didn't make sense to me. Why not stay on the train and continue to Los Angeles, California? That question nagged me like a toy dog barking at my heels. I felt I placed my neck on the chopping block as I posed my question to Son Bolo. He shouted, Why in the world do you ask me all these stupid questions? He waved his arm like a magician. This yard is full of freaking freight trains. Do you know which train is going to Los Angeles? Huh? Do you know how far Los Angeles is from here? Huh? Do you think we can ride all the way to Los Angeles without food or water? Huh? Joe, you are either stupid or all that crack you smoked done fried a piece of your brain. Just keep your eyes open and watch what I do. Can you do that? Son Bolo grabbed my arm and gripped the bicep like a vice. I looked at his hand. I was too stunned and scared to say anything. God damn it, he yelled as he squeezed my biceps tighter. Can you do that? If you can't do that, then get the hell away from me. I don't need you to guide me anywhere. Fear flashed across my mind like streaks of lightning. He had spoken the truth. I needed him in my plan to set myself free. His was the only hand I saw extended. If he withdrew his hand, I was through, and the likelihood of a return to crack flashed like a scroll light. But somehow, amid... The flashes of my fears, I recall something my mother said. Now, Junior, when your head is in the lion's mouth, it's best to ease it out than to try to snatch it out. I swallowed and looked down at the railroad tracks. Yes, I can do that.
I said quickly. Well, damn it, do it from now on. I asked no further questions. I followed and watched Son Bolo as he led us from the yard and to a park downtown. The park stood like a green oasis in a valley of skyscrapers. And at its center was a fountain that sprayed a stream of water into the air. I sensed Son Bolo had been there before, but had some difficulty in remembering exact locations. I saw an overabundance of people in the park. They were dressed from the top to the bottom, from business suits to dirty rags. They sat in bunches on benches or on the lawn and some on the wall that circled around the fountain and dangled their feet in the water. A uniformed policeman walked casually through the park like this was his beat. City workers walked around in circles picking up scattered pieces of paper or whatever else was carelessly tossed or dropped on the ground. Signs that declared that alcohol was prohibited were posted throughout the park. Son Bolo walked up to an old man dressed figuratively in dirty rags, seated along on a park bench. The man took a quick look around, then sneaked a swallow of wine from a bottle hidden in a brown paper bag. Say, Pops, how's it going? Son Bolo asked with a smile. Oh, I can't complain, the man said. And if I could, I wouldn't know who to complain to. Son Bolo laughed, and I did too. The man sneaked another swallow from the bottle. He wiped his lips with the back of his hand and offered us a little taste. Nah, we good, said Son Bolo. But where do they feed at around here? Well, you're too late for breakfast at the Salvation Army. But around about 11 o'clock, there's a school bus that picks people up and take them to a church where they feed lunch. Then around 6, they feed again at the Salvation Army. But there's always a long line, and your best chance to eat is to get in line early. The line starts around 5. The man took another swallow, then directed us to where the school bus would park. People had already started to gather when we reached the location. The majority of them looked homeless, and many fitted Sanbolo's description of city tramps. Most of them seemed familiar with each other, and to know right away that Son Bolo and I were strangers. Son Bolo asked questions of the strangers, mostly about catching out. He moved through the crowd like a politician on a campaign trail. Very soon I lost sight of him and engaged in people watching 
until the bus arrived. A line quickly formed at the door of the bus. I looked hurriedly in all directions, but didn't see Son Bolo. I debated within, should I get in line that grew longer by the minute or wait for Son Bolo? I decided to wait and prayed he would show up before the bus reached full capacity and the driver shut the door. I watched as the driver pulled the lever with the lever that shut the door. I hung my head as the bus drove off. I stood in limbo. I thought to myself, boy, you'll never reach Los Angeles now. It was true because I didn't know enough to continue by myself. I retraced my steps back to the park. It swarmed like a beehive with people. I walked around the perimeter of the park like I was lost in a fog. Finally, I walked over to the fountain. I reflected upon my predicament as the water sprayed into the air. I stood there for mindless minutes before I returned to walk around the park again like a policeman on his beat. As I made my rounds, I spotted Son Bolo across the street. He stood with a woman. They held hand like lovers, uh, two people who did not wish to lose each other in the crowd. How my heart beat with excitement. I sighed with relief and hurried towards them. Son Bolo, man, the bus was full. I didn't see you. I didn't know what to do. Son Bolo smiled and glanced at the woman. I sort of got tied up. But I figured you would hang around the park and wait. I was too delighted to reply. Come on, Joe. Let's go to the Sally and get some grub before that line gets too long. My mind floated with questions. I wanted answered. But as we walked, he talked and joked with the woman. Between pauses in his levity, I learned he had decided to hang tight in Jacksonville with the woman. He must have seen the puzzled expression on my face. He smiled at me like a fox and blinked an eye. Don't worry, Joe. We still gonna go. Son Bolo pulled the woman closer to him into the crook of his arm. I'm gonna lay low here a taste. He smacked his lips at the woman, then glanced at me. A man needs to kick back every now and then. You know what I mean? The woman looked over at me and grinned like she agreed. I felt a wave of depression as we neared the building that housed the Salvation Army. A long line of men waited at an unopened door. I see why that man told us to get here early, I said. Son Bolo laughed. <laughs> yeah, that city tramp sure knew what he was talking about. When we got to the end of the line, it became apparent 
that son Bolo and the woman weren't going to join the line. Hey, Joe, man, you just wait for me when they feed. Every day you just wait. You probably can get a bed at the salad tonight. Don't worry. Just hang loose around here when they feed and wait on me. I watched Son Bolo and the woman until they crossed the street and disappeared from my sight. Around me, I heard noise from men who laughed or talked out loud. <clears throat> but to me, it all went in one ear and came out the other. It went unheard. I felt like I had lost the only friend I had in the world. And thus we have reached the end of another episode. I invite everybody all around the world to join us again for escaping the entanglements of our lives. So long, everybody. <laughs>